All right. So, Matt, I heard there was this new drug out, this new like experimental drug, whatever, that you can just go buy it over the counter. And it's apparently supposed to cure skepticism. I'm not buying it. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the graveyard. Thank you for joining us tonight. My name is Adam. And my name's Matt. Now, pull up a tombstone or settle into your casket and get comfortable because this is Graveyard Tales. <laughs> All right, everybody, here we are again. Matt, how you doing tonight, brother? Hey, man, I'm good. Excellent. I'm good. Excellent. Before we get into it, I just thought I'd let y'all know if I wince at any point trying to click my mouse in my notes or whatever, I just thought I'd let y'all know. Um, we are on Michael's school's PTA, right? So every time they have a, an event, I've told you, Matt, I I am in charge of popcorn. I make popcorn for everybody. <laughs> yeah. So I figured I'd just start going by Colonel Ballinger, but with a K, you know, K-E-R-N-E-L. <laughs> um, but... I was trying to clean this stupid machine the other day and I'm wiping it. And for some reason, something in there sliced the end of my fingertip wide oh! open. Like it's deep and it just went shooting, you know, and all that. And so extra, you know, cleaning. But luckily I caught it in the paper towel that I was wiping with. So nothing got in the machine, but it just like. All day. Oh man! So I am sore. My hand, my clicking hand is sore. So oh my god! If uh, if y'all see me go eh, when I click the mouse, that's why. <laughs> why? What's this little? Is this cherry flavored popcorn? <laughs> yeah. Why'd you put some sauce. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, and extra salty. <laughs> so, uh. Extra salty. <laughs> Adam's blood comes out salty. It does, man. <laughs> it does. I'm a salty sob. So. Uh, but uh, now if you're from Michael school and listening, no, no, no blood got in the machine. <laughs> it, it, it just tried to murder me, but, um, so we want to say, go check out the Podbelly network at podbelly.com. You can find a list of shows that we're happy to be associated with. And I guarantee you, you're going to find something on that list that you're going to enjoy. So go check them out. They've also got some tips and tricks on podcasting and stuff. If you're, looking to get into it and want a little bit of help there. Um, we also want to thank tonight's sponsor, HelloFresh, and we'll talk more about their yummy stuff coming up. Um, while you're on the internet surfing around, looking for stuff that you're going to buy for me and Matt and send to us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, what is it? Just- we're just openly asking for gifts. A man can dream, right? You know. <laughs> While you're on there doing whatever you're doing, um, go give us a review. Uh, we haven't asked for reviews in a while, but you know it's it's always good if you could go on there, give us a five star rating, and then say whatever you want. I don't care if you trash me and Matt in the words of the. Oh, review. God, don't tell them that. Well, I mean, <laughs> we get it anyway, so why why not just ask for it? Now, at least I'll feel like 
they're doing what I say when they trash it. But as long as you do five stars, I don't care what you say. You know, we've, I, I think it's cool because we've gotten recipes we that have. people have put in there. That's awesome. Um, tell us about that time you fell off your bike or whatever. It doesn't matter. Just five star review and give it, you know, write something in there. Um, we would really appreciate that. It helps kind of boost us up in the ratings on iTunes and stuff. And if the higher we get, the more iTunes will push us to new listeners. And right. that's the only reason that Matt and I care at all about it is because we just want to get more listeners into the graveyard. We don't need that for our egos. Don't think that. Um, yeah. Our egos are big enough. We don't need that. But <laughs> it, it helps yeah. get the graveyard shown to more people. And that's how independent shows like Graveyard Tales and others grow is word of mouth. And if they get suggested to somebody online. So if you don't mind, if you have not given us a review, go do that for us. All right, so let's take a second and talk about one of our longtime sponsors, HelloFresh. You've heard us talk about them before, but Matt and I love them. They are a meal kit delivery service that will deliver fresh food right to your doorstep without having to do anything. And you get with HelloFresh farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes, like I said, delivered to your doorstep. You can skip trips to the grocery store, and you can count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. And that's the reason it's America's number one meal kit. And it's also the reason that Matt and I love them. They take the hassle out of mealtime. And this this spring, you can get these pre-portioned ingredients delivered for easy-to-prepare recipes. You can skip those checkout lines and it's nice outside. So yeah. why do you want to spend your time in a grocery store? Just get online, order you some HelloFresh, and you can enjoy being outside and just have the meals show up to your door. And you can spend less time in the kitchen with quick and easy meals like HelloFresh's fast and fresh pineapple chicken tacos or falafel power bowls, which are ready yeah. in 15 minutes or less. Yeah. And, I mean, you... You would be the hit of Taco Tuesday. I I promise you. Mm -hmm. And and it doesn't matter if you're not a pro in the kitchen. I mean the these foolproof recipes. You they're so easy to follow. My kids they love HelloFresh because of that. Right. Because they take over. I mean Amanda and I. A lot of times we get the night off. You know the kids. They, they they decide what which meal we're gonna have and man they're at it and that mm-hmm. that recipe card I mean it, it's so easy to follow I mean trust me if my kids can cook a delicious meal with hello fresh so can you <laughs> and, right. and and it beyond beyond all the benefits that you get with the additional family time you, you're adding a new component to family dinners you're saving money. Right. You're, you're saving money, especially if, if, you know, you're like me. You got so many kids. You you don't want to eat out. It's cost you an arm and a leg. No joke. HelloFresh make, makes it possible to to feed restaurant restaurant quality food to your whole family for a lot less money and and a lot more fun. 
That's right. And if, if like Matt, you have your kids do it, you can sit with your feet up and enjoy <laughs> being outside with a cocktail while they're cooking. So think of it that way. It's easy. So if you would like to order you some HelloFresh and, and get on this train like Matt and I and love it as much as we do and our families do, all you've got to do is go to HelloFresh.com slash Graveyard50. That's G-R-A-V-E-Y-A-R-D-5-0. And use our code Graveyard50 and you'll get 50% off plus your first box ships for free. That's right. Just go to HelloFresh.com slash Graveyard50 and use our code Graveyard50 for 50% off plus your first box ships free. So, Matt, that's all the housekeeping I've got. Why don't you tell us? What are we talking about tonight, brother? Okay, so tonight, um, Adam and I are going to head out to the West Coast, to Portland, Oregon. And we're going to talk about probably the, the happiest, friendliest haunted house in the U.S., <laughs> and that is the, the Pitock Mansion. Now, I'm, I am going to say Pitock. I have heard Pitock. But I have heard Pitock more, so I'm going to go with that. So, Being in Portland, it probably is Pitock, but mm-hmm. I've just been saying Pitock Mansion the whole time. So whatever I, I, you know, I don't know how it's exactly said, but I've 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 watched enough videos that I've I've heard it both ways. So if if you if you're from there and you get this episode and we're just you're like, oh my God, I can't believe these two clowns are mispronouncing the name of this place. Hmm. You you need to go back and listen to the other shows and hear how we butcher other places. Yeah. Names. Butcher <laughs> places in our home states. So it's That's not right. just, we're, we just, our tongues get tied. I mean, it, it happens. So as we always say, go check our sources, um, go down to the bottom of the show notes and check where we got all this information. You can continue the information. And, you know, we like to give props to the people that went to these places and did the research that Matt and I don't get to go do. Um, but now the Pittock or Pittock Mansion is located at 3229 Northwest Pittock Drive in Portland, Oregon. Now, the home once symbolized the heights of Portland's wealthy elite. But after just four years, both homeowners died. So yeah. I, I wanted to start with that because it, it, it's kind of crazy. I'll talk more about it, um, believe me. But I wanted to start with that because it's like you, you build this opulent house and then you only get to enjoy it for four years. I just feel bad for them, really. But before we get into the house, we need to look at the owner's Henry Pittock. Now, this comes from the Pittock Mansion's historical info, and there's a few others in here, but go check our sources if you want to see where we got all this. Now, Henry Pittock, he was born in 1834 in London, England, but he grew up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, where he attended preparatory school, and he worked in his father's printing business starting at about the age of 12. 
So as always, back then, they started work early. There were no child labor laws. So you could make them child's labor all you wanted to. <laughs> Earn your keep, as my dad used to tell me. But That's right. Now, in 1853, when Henry was 19, he headed west on the Oregon Trail to seek his fortune. Now, he landed, quote, barefoot and without a cent in Oregon, uh, in the Oregon Territory in October of that year. Now, a year later, his future wife, Georgiana Burton, left Missouri with her family and headed west as well. Now, when Henry and Georgiana arrived in the area, Portland was a frontier, quote, stump town that was actually competing with Oregon City to become like a major trade and industrial center for that region. So it, it's pretty interesting that you've got Oregon City, but Portland, I guess, kind of beat them out yeah. in, in yeah. the long run. But at that time, they were still trying to get it going and, and it was they were neck and neck. Yeah, but, you know, going back to uh, going back to, to Mr. Pittock. Think of the resolve you got to have at 19 years old to head out to essentially the great unknown. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I, I know, I know how I was at 19. I was not <laughs> going to just take off and seek my fortune. You know, I right. just, I mean, well, but I realized times were different, but that, that is impressive. I mean, usually you hear about these people doing this. They're in their 20s. You know, they. Yeah. he's a kid. Mm -hmm. and he takes off right. to, to make and his way in the world. You got to remember that at that time, the West, it was the, quote, Wild West. It would. Right. We call it that nowadays for a reason, because most of the city started up on the eastern seaboard. And that's where the longest inhabitation of the new world was and it slowly started moving west well that time there was a lot of stuff in between that kind of would uh, would kill most people i mean the oregon trail yeah. you could end up with dysentery and die on the oregon trail <laughs> that's right so, i mean you know it was it was in the video game I, for a reason it, it had happened. to be true right yeah i mean it was that you that's the thing you might not even survive the trip I mean, you may not even get to where you're yep. going. Yep. And so for, like Matt said, for him to strike out at 19 on his own, even with times being different and people growing up a lot quicker back in those days than kids do now, that's still a risky business. And oh, yeah. for him to not only make it out there, but just to say, hey, this is what I'm going to do. And then when you hear what he's accomplished in, in his life, you go, ah, makes sense why he accomplished mm -hmm. this because of just that attitude that he had to, I'm going to go make my fortunes across the country. It wasn't right. like hopping on a plane and you're there in four hours. That, that probably took him a long time to get there. But Henry found work as a typesetter at the Oregonian at the time, and this was when the newspaper industry was actually financially risky and it was fiercely competitive. So there were more than 30 newspapers launched in Portland during this period. Good Lord. Yep. 
So we think now we've got a lot of newspapers in one area, but back then, any Joe and his wife could start a newspaper and didn't mean it was going to be popular or whatever, but if you had a, a printing press and some connections to paper, you could start up a newspaper and start yeah, printing yeah. stuff. So there were 30 just in the Portland area. And he started working for one of these, the Oregonian. And like they said, it was risky. It was a risky endeavor at the time and very competitive market. But on June 20th of 1860, 1860, don't know why my tongue did that. 18 trickstery. I don't know what that was. Uh, On June 20th of 1860, Henry and Georgiana married and five months later, he had give he was given ownership of the paper in exchange for back wages. So, so we uh, we hadn't been paying this guy, right? And he's so kept working. We, uh, we just give him every, we give him the business. Yeah, just give him the business. So here, Henry, you now own the the newspaper, and he's like, "But wait a minute, you still haven't paid me." <laughs> That's like, right. I still haven't made any money, and this may fold. Pretty soon, so where's my money coming from? At least that's that's what I would have said. Now, Henry went on to transform the Oregonian into a successful daily newspaper that's still printed today. So Ah, that's incredible. Yep. So if you're in the Oregon area and you get the Oregonian newspaper, Henry Pittock was one of the first people to own that company, and it's been going this long. Now, Pettick went on to become one of the wealthiest men in Oregon society. Now, while best known for being a successful newspaper publisher, Henry also built a financial empire by investing in real estate, banking, railroad, steamboat, sheep ranching, silver mining, and, of course, the paper industry. So he was a... What what would you a, a, a pioneering guy in all this or mm-hmm. he just took risks that worked out for him. Now he was an avid outdoorsman, and in his childhood they said he was a mountaineer. So even before he moved out to Oregon, in his early childhood he was a mountaineer, climbing mountains and doing all this stuff, camping up there. He was a bicycle enthusiast, and he was among the first group to climb Mount Hood. He helped found the Mazamas Climbing Club as well. Now, Georgiana Pittick became a founder and fundraiser for many charities and cultural cultural organizations such as the Ladies Relief Society, Women's Union, and the Martha Washington Home, which was a residence for single, self-supporting women. Now, it wasn't until the early 1900s, 1909 to be specific, that Henry started planning his, quote, mansion on the hill on property that had this panoramic view of Portland. Um, It it also overlooked the Willamette River and the distant Cascade Mountains. So if you can picture that, that is a beautiful view out the front of your house. Yeah, it's amazing. I I mean... Just, I, I'd love to visit it, let alone live in a place. You see the whole like town, that. yeah. So all of, uh, all of Portland, the Willamette River, Cascade Mountains in the background as the backdrop to all of this. 
had to be gorgeous, even back then when there wasn't much of a Portland. Now, with big plans in mind, the Pittocks hired the architect Edward T. Folt to design their mansion from scratch. Now, if you remember, several of the asylums that we've talked about, the hospitals for the, um, the quote, mental patients back in the day, this yeah. Folt guy was involved in a lot of those. Mm-hmm. He was a pretty prominent um, architect back then. Now, the 46-room mansion, just let that sink in for a minute, 46-room <laughs> mansion yeah, was built on a hill, like I said, overlooking Portland with a French Renaissance exterior. The inside was uniquely designed with oak-paneled cabinets, marble floors, a huge central staircase, modern amenities like an elevator and dumbwaiter, and perhaps most strikingly, beautiful views of that area, Mount Hood and the Cascade Mountains. So we we discussed that, Matt, in another episode. I think it was the Winchester House where mm-hmm. she had an elevator put in. Yeah. So, the, I mean, I guess with 46 rooms, you got to have something like that and a dumbwaiter system and everything. Yeah, and there are a lot of similarities here as far as the, uh, to us, the odd technology that they were able to install and incorporate into this house. Right. I mean, I mean, look, the Winchester house had, had like gas lighting and, and, and things. I mean, that just wasn't heard of mm-hmm. to have that built into your house. And they both had that, uh, a type of intercom system where you could, you know, call back and forth. Um, so, I mean, it, I can't imagine that there were many homes in the entire U.S. that had something like that. At the time, no. Right. It was it was cutting edge at the time, so it's pretty cool. Now, foil lines the inside of the entryway ceiling, and it's a nod to Georgiana's frugal early years when she had to save foil from old tea containers in order to decorate the house. So... I thought that was cool, too. She used to save the foil linings of Mm -hmm. tea containers and put it on the wall as wallpaper. And so they still have, I couldn't find if it was original or if it was just a a refurbishment of how, what she would do kind of to say, this is what it would look like. But I thought that was cool. It kind of a, I don't know that it would be a look that I would go for in a home, but to have. Like the foil, it, it's a unique look. Well, you know, I've seen those, um, those like uh, those tin ceilings where they're like pressed into yeah. a design. Yeah, I've always thought that's kind of that's kind of neat looking. I've seen some some bathrooms that have that that look. It's kind of cool. So I would imagine this was had a similar appeal to it. Maybe yeah. just not as decorative, but still, what a what a good idea. Mm-hmm. I mean, to, to do something like that. Yep. Now, construction actually began in 1912, and Henry and Georgiana moved into the home in 1914. This was when Georgiana was 68 years old and Henry was 80. So, yeah. waited their whole life, basically, to get this house. And they moved in with eight other members of the family. 
Now, the couple only lived in the mansion for roughly four years before mm-hmm. Georgiana died in 1918 and Henry passed away the following year. Yeah. So the family continued to live in the home into the 1950s. Now, the last resident was grandson Peter Gattenbein, Gattenbein and his father, Edward, and they moved out in 1958 and they put the mansion up for sale. Now, the mansion sat empty for about four years and then was hit by the Columbus Day storm on October 12, 1962. So hurricane force winds damaged roof tiles and window panes, and then that allowed water to get inside the mansion. Mm-hmm. And by 1964, the mansion was in poor condition, and developers actually expressed interest in tearing it down and turning the estate into a subdivision. Those freaking developers wanting to turn <laughs> everything into a subdivision. Yeah. I'm just angry because I keep uh, seeing things here in town go from trees and nice little forested area to, oh, it's another strip mall. Yeah. Yeah. And and they sit empty. for It's not like, oh, we built it because we've got companies wanting to come in. They built it, and then they sit empty for five or six months until people rent it. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. You're we've, tearing- got, we've got that going on right now. Yeah. It, you know. So I'm I'm just a little bit already perturbed at developers. So Yeah. Uh but they wanted to turn uh the Pettit Mansion into a subdivision. But dedicated citizens of Portland rallied and they assisted the city in raising the funds to purchase the property for two hundred and twenty five thousand dollars, which included $67,500 raised by citizens. Mm-hmm. So just the citizens put in 67500 Yeah. It shows you how much they did not want a subdivision there, and they wanted to save that mansion. <laughs> well, maybe, but I, I, I like to think that it's just the, the, peop- the citizens of Portland realized the historical significance of this amazing house. Yeah. And to see it just fall into ruin, it's like giving up a little bit of Portland history. Yeah. And it's so you, true. You gotta you gotta save it. You gotta save that stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, the work needed to restore the mansion and transform it from a private residence to a public space took about fifteen months. So in nineteen sixty five, the mansion opened to the public as a historic house museum. In nineteen sixty eight the nonprofit Pittock Mansion Society was formed to take on the responsibility of furnishing the mansion, taking care of the collection, and providing educational activities. Now, in 2007, the society took over the day-to-day museum operation from the Portland Parks and Recreation Department, and they've been operating the Historic House Museum ever since. Now, the Pittock Mansion Society is a 501c3 nonprofit organization whose mission is to inspire understanding and stewardship of Portland history through the Pittock Mansion. The society also works with Portland Parks and Recreation to maintain uh, other historic buildings. Uh, all admissions, memberships, donations, grants, and museum store purchases go to the Pittock Mansion and its mission. So I think that's really awesome that they are dedicating that all that stuff to saving the history of Portland, because you know me, I'm a history nerd. 
And I hate seeing right. history get wiped away. So it's really cool that this society is actually doing that. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, from what I've seen um, in the research, the it's it's very uh, affordable mm-hmm. to to take this tour. Um, you know, some places it's like, oh my gosh, you know, twenty five bucks a head to right. wander through this old house. Um, but there's I don't have specific pricing, but um. When I looked at some of the reviews, um, you know, they all talked about how it was free to look around the grounds or, Mm -hmm. you know, it was really inexpensive to take their whole family in. Uh, Even one review I read, these folks went because they just, they had a big layover before their flight out and they just, they said, oh, we can do this and kill a few hours. And that's what they did. Um, So I think it, I think it's great. I think it's great. And it's a beautiful house. I mean, absolutely oh, beautiful yeah, it's house. Unbelievable. You can go, there's tons of pictures out there, and their website has has a lot of really good photographs of the house. So you can get a feel for not just the size, but you know, how just how unique it is mm-hmm. and and just the the splendor of it. It's and it's amazing. you can see pictures taken from the property out. So you get to see right. that that vista. That view yeah. that we were talking about with the mountains in the background, it, it's incredible. Yeah. All right. So you you see, you know, the history of this place, not all that scary. Right. In fact, it's not scary at all. Uh, there's no there's no murders. There's no mystery. There's no jilted bride that jumped off the third floor balcony. <laughs> right. So you're like, why? Would this place be haunted? That's kind of what I was thinking. My answer is why not? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, why not? But like a lot of places, the the uh, the Pitock Mansion shows up on many lists of some of the most haunted homes in the United States. Definitely the most haunted places in Portland, Oregon, which is, by the way, full of of haunted places. Right. Um, right. We've talked about, we've talked about places in Portland before. Um, so there's tons of haunted history in Portland, but this doesn't really seem like it would be. And the fact that as Adam mentioned, they only spent about four to five years in the mansion before they both died. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they died in the mansion. And not only that, the the like the groundskeepers, um, any servants, other family that had come in, they all died there too. Right. So, but not not tragically, not brutally, just naturally. But they still died there. So maybe they're hanging around. And some people think maybe they're hanging around their retirement home because they didn't get to enjoy it that long while they were living. Couldn't okay. be. But since the 1960s, visitors have reported odd activity in and around the mansion. Now, as Adam said, it was around that time that the mansion was going through major renovations. The storm in 1962 had done substantial damage. Um, but, you know, when the people and the city bought it in 1964, 
to save it, they start all these renovations. And what have we said? You do renovations to a, a, an old building, you wake stuff up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So the, the ground workers and the visitors and the staff all agree that the ghosts that are present in the Pitock Mansion are not malevolent in any way. And many people assume that the ghosts are the spirits of Henry and Georgiana Pittock. I mean, why not? As yeah. Adam said, why not? Yep. Just spend your days in this beautiful mansion that, you know, you, you didn't get to live in very long. Mm-hmm. Um, but a- according to uh, staff and visitors, odd little occurrences happen almost daily. In the mansion. Some of them are a little creepier than others, but again, nobody really feels like they're being attacked or in any kind of danger or that they're not wanted. So the most activity in the mansion uh, occurs in the upper rooms. Now, visitors report that when they enter the rooms, they immediately smell this intense uh, fragrance of rose perfume. Now, rose perfume you know, in the 1800s was very, very common. Right. Okay. Um, but like a lot of other things, it, it wasn't exactly where you could just go down to the Walgreens and pick it up. Right. Right. Okay. So, so it was hard to obtain. And most of the time, the, the, the ladies that, that had, or could wear rose perfume were, you know, of, they, they were people of means. Okay. Right, because they they still used ambergris in the yep. perfume back then, and they, that was they, expensive and and hard to get a hold of. Yeah, like they still use it today. Yeah, that that yep. I, in I, some I, of the, I, I, it's funny. I read an article about ambergris the other day. Yeah. Um, talking about how rare it is, mm-hmm. but how the fragrance is so unique. And if y'all don't know what ambergris is, look it up. You yeah, you will be up. shocked. So go look, yeah. <laughs> go look. I don't want to ruin the surprise because <laughs> I won't do it justice explaining it. So just look up what ambergris is and But you know, not to not to go off on too much of a tangent, but what uh, I think you and I were talking about this what a couple of years ago a where was it? Was it in Spain? This guy was picking this stuff up off the beach. And he thought that it was just pretty rock. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It turned out to be ambergris to the tune of like $260,000. Yep. I remember yeah. us talking about that, but I don't, <laughs> I don't remember where it was. Yeah, it's crazy. So anyway, rose perfume. People smell it when they go into the rooms. And the staff believes that this is Georgiana making her presence known. Um, most visitors report feeling surprised of the, by the smell, and most say that the they feel like that presence wishes them no ill will. Now, the apparition of a woman in a long gown has been reported in the mansion, even in the basement, and it's assumed that this is the spirit of Georgiana. Now, outside of the mansion, near the northern side, visitors will report hearing the sound of a shovel hitting the ground. 
But then right after, they hear the sound of heavy footsteps kind of stomping towards them. Um, the staff believes that this is the sounds of the groundskeeper going through his daily routine. Now, some have even report seeing an apparition of uh, in like disheveled clothing as if he'd been working out on the grounds, even to the point of potentially mistaking him as a staff member. Huh. So that's why they think, okay, this must be the groundskeeper. But like the Pitocks, the groundskeeper lived and died in the mansion. But everybody says he's also a very kind entity. This is the house that I, I want to go that's visit. Right. I mean, that's why I said this is the happiest haunted house in the year. Besides the that South Pittsburgh hospital where the ghost goose is men, I want to go there <laughs> just to get ghost goosed. But I would we're love gonna, to. Hey, we're gonna do it. We're gonna yeah, do it. I mean, we, we need to look, and we're we're gonna do it, or we can both go. Mm-hmm. So you know, we I had the opportunity to go. Adam couldn't get up here, so I you know I I was gonna take Brooks, and then he he flaked and didn't go. So. <laughs> So Rob, if you're listening, we're we're gonna go. Okay, yeah. then yep. the next time you know you you decide to investigate there, we're we're gonna go both yep. of them. As long <laughs> as I got a heads up, I can make it happen. <laughs> but um, a lot of people say they they strongly feel this supportive unseen presence. It's been felt by the staff and visitors. And some people that are more sensitive to this than others say they have felt this presence almost escorting them around the mansion, like following them like a good host would do, like giving you a tour, like come check out my beautiful home. A few folks have even reported seeing a male spirit walking through the home with the assumption that this would be Henry Pittock himself. Now, footsteps is a very common occurrence, okay? So they're heard around the mansion, in the mansion, you know, at all levels. And they happen at random, according to the staff members, and at any time of day. There have also been reports of boots walking. Not a person, just the boots. Just boots. (laughs) So can you, you look around? Here come a pair of boots. Clunk. Clunk, clunk, clunk. Just walking down the hall. That's like, weird. Yeah. Hey, Henry. How are you? <laughs> that's weird, man. That's, that's a like new a, one on me. That's like a cartoon. Yeah, that's new for me too. I've I've uh, not the, heard of that. But the the worst thing was is that I could only find that story in one source. It mm. was a good source, so I trusted it, but I didn't see it anywhere else. Right. So right. you know, if if the staff listens to this, they go. Nobody here's ever seen that. Okay. So <laughs> somebody claims that they did. Yeah. But <laughs> still, it, I've never seen it before. So no. I had to include it. That's cool. Oh, yeah. And if you are the person that saw it, please holler at us and tell us what happened. But yeah, uh, if you're staff, yeah, get in touch with us and let us know if any of That's this right. stuff is actually accurate. Yeah. But one thing that the staff do report is seeing windows in the mansion open and close themselves. Hmm. Almost as if they they have a will of their own, not that a spirit's doing it. The house is doing it. Yeah, and if they're old windows, that's a feat too to get old windows to move. Right, and so 
I was I was reading a I was reading a review uh, of somebody who had visited the mansion just a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. and he said when he got there, the first thing he did was ask one of the staff members, "Hey, have the spirits been very active today?" And she kind of said, "Well, it's funny you ask." It's <laughs> like. This morning, we were opening up the windows to air out the house and, and cool it off. <laughs> so we opened a window, and it closed and latched on its own. And oh, so wow. he said, okay, okay, I got to look at this. So he went and looked at the window, and he said it was one of those that kind of swings open, you know? Mm-hmm. It wasn't like a, a, pane, a pane glass where you slide it up and down. He said it swung open, but... Even if the wind had blown it, which it's it's a it was a heavy old window, he said. So even if the wind had gotten strong enough to blow it shut, he said it had one of those latches that you have to take your thumb and physically flip it over oh, to yeah. close it. He's like, so there's no way the wind did that, right? So I thought that that's pretty neat too. Well, and I like what you said about it's almost like the house did it and not a spirit because. Right. I do like to think sometimes that some of these houses, it may not be spirit activity. It may be the house. Yeah. And that, I know people say, well, uh, you're anthropomorphizing stuff or whatever, but there's been a lot of stories out, and it's a topic I want to cover about things themselves Mm -hmm. being animate yeah. when we don't think they are. Well, consider this, okay? Because I'm, I'm with you on this, that in some cases, houses, buildings become almost like living, breathing entities, you know? Right. And, but, but this is what I want you to consider. Um, how many times have you walked into a, a home, a room, whatever, new, old, it doesn't matter. And you feel something good, bad, or otherwise. It's not just, oh, I'm in another room. You go in and you feel an energy there. Okay. That you can't explain it. It's not something you could describe. You just go in and you're like, "I, I, I, this room has a feeling of all its own. This house has a feeling that you just can't explain, but um, I think I'm with you, Adam. I think that sometimes that is not spirits that are in the house. That's the energy of the house itself. Yep. And whether it's just collected energy, positive or negative over the years with families living there with, I mean, we all, we like to talk about all the negative things that happen in these houses because it tells us why this weird entity may be, um, you know, poking people in the back of the head or, or throwing glasses across the room. But if we, f- you know, flip the script on that and say, what about all the birthday parties? What about all the wedding celebrations? What about all the... The a baby coming home for the first time, mm. you know, what about all of that? I mean, there's, there's no negative energy associated with those events. So we, we fill a house with positive energy 
What if it takes on that where you, it just, the house itself gives off a positive energy. And if, if any, any place that, that you and I have researched over the years would fit that description, it sure seems like the Pitock mansion is it, you know, that, that there was, there Mm -hmm. was not just love between Henry and Georgiana, but they were, they were just nice, good people. And, and and that, that just flowed throughout the home that they, they built for themselves. Well, and it's like we've talked about before when I said, you know, their negative energy can be like a sludge that gets Mm -hmm. put on the walls of a house or a, or a hospital or whatever. The opposite is true as well. Like you were saying positive Mm -hmm. energy. Now it's not going to be like this ethereal sludge if it's positive energy, but it it can radiate into the area as well. Like it's not just negative energies that are involved in the stone tape theory, mm-hmm. right? The stone right. tape theory works for anything. So if there's enough positive energy in a place, then why wouldn't it, like you said, take on a life of its own and be yeah. a, be a positive haunted house. Yeah. We don't talk about it much cuz it's not as quote fun to talk about, but not everything is a freaking demon. Like I I've been in doing my job, I have been in so many houses I couldn't I can't even begin to count. 20 years cat burglar. Of, yep. Of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thought we weren't going to talk yes. about that, Matt. But, uh. <laughs> oh, that was good. That was good. <laughs> yeah, but but you know, going into patients' homes, I there have been a number of homes that I go in enough that I'm like, I, this place just feels good. You know, this place just feels like home. You know, I, I've I've even told patients, you know, I've shown up, at, you know, in an afternoon and the sun's just right. And I'm like, I could just take a nap on your couch. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's just so nice. You know, there's something about it. I, I think, I think that's what's going on. I think it's just, they're filling their home with positive energy and it kind of sticks to the walls. Um, but you know, back to some of the weird things that happened. Um, and this one is kind of neat. So visitors and staff report seeing a portrait of Henry Pittock move around on the wall by itself. Now, I, I, I saw, I found two different instances for this. One makes it sound like, like this, that it's a portrait, like hanging on the wall. Like when I say portrait, what you think of. And no. I, I found another couple of instances where it was like, um, uh, like a photograph in a, in a small frame that was sitting on a mantle. I couldn't tell exactly, um, but I, I think when, when you listen to this, it sounds like it's it's actually positioned on a wall, but it moves around. Now, it'll it'll show up in another room, or it'll show up in a different spot on the wall. Um, and some people have even reported seeing these human-like shapes moving the pictures furniture, house plants from not just around in the room from room to room. Right. 
Yeah, I mean, one visitor reported that she heard a picture fall off the wall in one of the rooms. Now, when she went to go see what it was, she was watching as a woman wearing a long gown picked up the falling picture from the floor. So the staff member, a staff member came up behind this woman and said, are you okay? And said, while she's standing next to her, she looks at her and the woman vanishes. Oh, wow. Just standing right there. Yeah. So, um, a a a lot of people, apparently not, uh, I'm dead. (laughs) Yeah. She's not okay. Um, but apparently, uh, a, a lot of folks believe that this is Georgiana just redecorating her house. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just moving stuff around. Oh, well, this picture of Henry needs to go over here. That was the other thing. There was a, a picture of him from his youth um, that that moved around. And they're like, you know, if you put it one place, then you come back in a few hours or maybe a day or two later and it'll be somewhere else. Um. But along with the portraits and the and the paintings in the in the home, one visitor reportedly was looking at a portrait on the wall and saw the reflection of an older woman in the glass like she was standing behind her. Right. But then she turned around and there's nobody there. Hmm. So that's a that's a little trickier than the than the mirror thing. You see something in a mirror, it's gonna look more solid, but you see that reflection. You can't make out a lot of detail, but you can tell there's a woman coming up behind you. And you know how you do. Somebody comes up behind you. You don't know. You just naturally just turn around and go, oh, hey, how are you? And you turn around and nobody's there. (laughs) You're like, wait a minute. (laughs) Now, this, this one, this is, this next one is the one that makes me say this is the happiest haunted house in the U.S. There was a tour group of native Hawaiians. Okay, they came in and one of the youths that was in the group told the staff member, my uncle is a shaman in Hawaii. And he says that he can feel the spirits of the Pitoks here and Hmm. they are very happy. Oh, nice. I mean, you we just don't hear that, man. I was like, how many places have we? We've researched that the ghost was happy. Yeah. That They're doesn't... usually pissed off. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> They're either pissed off at how they died, pissed off that you're there, you know, whatever. Yeah. Or, <laughs> or just mad that they are dead and yeah. that they're stuck. <laughs> now, one, one story is about a female employee who got kind of spooked uh, one night as she was closing up the building. Okay, so she's closing up for the night, and part of her routine was to turn off all the lights in the mansion. So after all the lights were off, she began locking the doors and including the front door, and as she turned around to head out for the night, all of the lights in the museum uh, or the mansion switched back on. Hmm. (laughs) Now, uh... It just it just kind of goes to show no matter what what you think it there's been enough that happens in this in this mansion that there's something that haunts the grounds in the mansion itself. I mean, it's just there's just too much going on. But uh, 
you know, I, I always love when places like this that offer tours, I always love to go and find people that have done this and leave reviews. So I did, I did find several, but this one, uh, this one was good. So this, uh, these visitors posted their experiences at the mansion on the site, OregonHauntedHouses.com. Now, one post describes a rude encounter with a young spirit. It says, during a behind-the-scenes tour at the Pittock Mansion, I had an unseen entity, a child, I guess, based on the height, shove right past my left shoulder or my right shoulder and the wall. It said, I felt it through three layers of clothing, including a leather jacket. It says, this was in the children's bedroom area of the mansion, where the hallway is a little bit narrower. It says, this was the first time I've actually had an encounter with anything paranormal. Hmm. Pretty cool. Yep. And the, it's cool that it, her, uh, or their first encounter. Yeah. With something it was a paranormal. physical touch. Yeah. Because uh, people that, sometimes people can get into where they believe something was a paranormal encounter when it wasn't because they really want it to be. Or, you know, when, when you got, there's some people that you talk to that are like every single day I have a paranormal encounter and it's like, eh, but do you really? Yeah. You know, there's some people that I can believe that they do, but then if you're writing a review about it, I kind of think maybe not, but since it was her first, I, I, you know, that that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now there, there haven't been a lot of investigations here, but one paranormal investigator did get the opportunity, uh, to poke around the mansion and she actually caught a couple of EVPs. Um, there was one man, uh, saying I'm heading back. And she said she had felt a strong presence following her tour group around the mansion or, or her group, it wasn't a tour group. It was her, I guess the other investigators, but in one of the smaller rooms, she caught another EVP of a friendly female voice saying hello. So you, you add the EVPs on top of all the other things people have reported. And it really does seem like this place is haunted by friendly spirits. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I did find some things about, they said in the children's bedrooms, they had uh, a lot of these little clown dolls and stuff. Yeah, and they said yeah. they were kind of creepy as all get out. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, somebody even posted a picture of this one particular clown doll. And I was like, geez, that is, <laughs> that is awful. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't see that picture. <laughs> but I, I do not want to see that. <laughs> but beyond that, that was like the biggest negative. You know, it's like, if it's haunted, it's these dolls that are doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's coming from this room. And uh, but yeah, I mean, with all of these stories, and and look, I, I love to when I start digging into these places, I go until I start getting repeat stories. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, if I start seeing the same stories, you know, repeated that I've already read, I'm thinking, okay. And I've, I've found all the little nuggets that I'm going to find. Um, but there were so many, 
they were a lot of the same stories, but you could tell that it wasn't just, they were regurgitating it from another website. Um, you know, these were, oh, well, this happened to this person. This happened to that person. Um, you know, when they say visitors have, have seen these windows open and close, you know, they're not talking about, you know, a couple, you know, they're talking about regular visitors to the mansion on a routine basis. Witness this happening. Staff members who are there every day, they see it happen very, very frequently. So it really, really says, yeah, I I would say that, you know, Henry and Georgiana decided they're going to, they're going to spend the afterlife in this, in this beautiful home they built. Yeah. Well, like we said, they didn't get a lot of time in it when they were alive. (laughs) So they're like, I built this stupid thing. I'm going to, I'm going to hang around and I'm going to hang out here. You know, so just imagine, just imagine had, had they gone forward and demolished this place after the storm, Mm -hmm. uh, we wouldn't have these incredible stories and, you know, Portland would have lost out uh, on a, on a piece of, uh, piece of history. So I'm I'm glad, I'm glad they did that. And then, you know, in, in 2023, you know, two bozos get to talk about it on a podcast. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Thanks for not destroying some material that these bozos could talk about. So we That's appreciate right. that. That's right. So, so if you enjoy these two bozos, uh, as Adam said, don't forget to go and rate and review us on iTunes. You know, it, it brings us up the charts, but more importantly, when somebody searches paranormal podcasts or whatever, it's more likely graveyard tales is going to show up and it just mm-hmm. brings more people into the show. Um, you can check out our website. It is graveyardpodcast.com. And on our website, you can find links to purchase Graveyard Tales merchandise. You can listen to the show and you can become a patron. And we thank everyone that has donated to the show. Um, it, it, you know, it, it does, it does cost some money to continue to put this out and keep our equipment in working order. But the donations from our patrons is what allows Adam and I to continue to do that. And right. we thank you so much for that. Man, this was this was a fun one. This yeah. was a fun one. I, I I enjoyed, you know, hearing about this place. It was somewhere I just kind of came across and I pitched it to Adam. He was like, let's do it. Yep. So I like that it's uh it's not a super scary place. Yeah. You know, we or, do a yeah. lot of super scary, so it's cool that it's not something like that. It It's more it, like it would be if the people were actually still living there. Yeah. Uh, a happy place. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, uh, no, no brutal history. Uh, a serial killer didn't live in the basement or yeah, nothing. There's like no, that. no portal to hell <laughs> down in the basement or under the stairwell or. Right. 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 Creepers and uh, shadow people and stuff running on the walls and. <laughs> Exactly. So, all right. That's all I've got, Adam. Until next time, we'll save you a seat in the graveyard. See you soon.